We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Walton, right back into your lives, Talking Buffalo podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much for locking in as always, whether it's the audio side, Spotify or, or Apple, or whether you're checking us out on YouTube. Today is Casual Friday, of course. As always, that means I am joined by my good friend, host of the Make This Day podcast, alongside Lance Lazowski of the Buffalo News, Joe Yurden. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. We uh loving this uh loving this fall weather we got. It's nice. It is like fall weather. Right <laughs> We're taping this Thursday. It's been raining. It poured out, or it like literally rained all night. Not, yeah. Not to get. Not to bore everybody like immediately right. right off the bat, but I couldn't sleep for <laughs> shit last night, man. I woke up two or three times. I was having some weird ass dreams. I got up, I kept going outside or looking outside, and it was raining. But uh Dude, anyway, the, the weird dreams, man. Like yeah. I, you know, I've I've been taking some, been taking some good medication, not not you know, not street medication, like actual stuff. And like there are nights where like the dreams I wake up and I go, what the hell happened? Like, I just wake up confused. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like, where's my brain at? Like what's happening here? <laughs> I want to. So we talked for a couple of minutes before we started taping, like we always do. And not really going to have any saver stuff today. In fact, I really, I'm at a loss right now for something interesting to talk about. And we, I kind of made fun of myself a little bit last week. When we have Sabres content on here, it's kind of like a one-way street. I kind of, <laughs> I tee it up for you and yeah. then you go, but I really don't have anything interesting. I'm sure there's, you and Lance there's will. Nothing, so. There's nothing really to go on. Like it's good for Lance and I, cause we can, cause we can really dig into the weeds with some stuff, but like for what we're doing, just kind of, you know, yucking right, it up. You and, and I don't around. Work. You right, and Lance, shit. mainly say Sabres <laughs> fans, you know, obviously can't get enough of that. You'll always have oh, interesting yeah. topics to talk about. I want to do a couple things today and we'll, we'll just dive right in. Um, one of them, I, I want to talk about Sean McDermott specifically and where he kind of, where we think he might rank amongst NFL head coaches. And there's a specific reason for that. So I want to talk about that today. Mm-hmm. I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He retired. I've always considered him a polarizing figure for a couple different reasons, but anyway, he did like this tour. I mean, he did a whirlwind of appearances this past week while he re- after retiring. Uh, a lot of podcasts and stuff. There was one in particular, a quote he said with Trey Wingo. I'm going to play that clip for you 
and get a reaction because it's tied directly into the Bills and more specifically Josh Allen. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to uh, – I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about golf. Last week we talked about golf in a different yeah. way. Josh Allen playing golf in, a, yeah. in the celebrity thing, and that was fun. This is not really necessarily fun, but it's mm. game-changing and impactful. So I want to talk about that. And then, of course, we're going to do our weekly starting five draft. This week I'm excited because we're doing Prince songs, which, by mm. the way, and I – well, I kind of, it came about at the same time, but I, to be honest with you, I didn't know when I came to you last week and said, let's do it this week. This was Prince's, he his birthday was this week. He would have been 64 years old. I think it was Tuesday mm-hmm. or Wednesday. He yep. would have been turning 64. One of my favorite albums of all times, folks, if you are uh, happen to be catching us on the YouTube side right now. Prince, Purple Rain, one of the greatest albums that has mm-hmm. ever, ever graced our ears but anyway we're going to be doing best uh print songs that'll be our draft for this week we'll review last week's as well um let's just dive right in like i said um when it comes to sean mcdermott so this is where i got the idea for this topic earlier this week pff pro football focus put out a uh a rankings of the top 10 nfl head coaches for 2022 if you're watching this on video i got up on the screen if not, I'll read these to you. And this is according to Pro Football Focus, and, and I'll read them off. Number one, Bill Belichick. Two, John Harbaugh. Three, Andy Reid. Four, Cliff King, Kingsbury. Five, Pete Carroll. Six, Matt LaFleur. Seven, Kyle Shanahan. Seven, I'm sorry, six, Matt LaFleur. Seven, Kyle Shanahan. Eight, Mike Vabrel. Nine, Frank Reich. And 10, Mike McCarthy. Okay, <laughs> let me get back to that. And, and let me say this too. This became much talked about because it was covered on um, the NFL network the following Mm -hmm. day and on Twitter, you know, obviously the majority of people (laughs) that I interact with are are Buffalo people, whether that's Mm -hmm. fans or media or whatever, there was some outrage. I mean, Uh, there's there's clearly a name that's missing (laughs) from this list, Sean McDermott. And I got into it. Shockingly, I got into it with a, a bunch of Bills fans, and mm-hmm. before I get your thoughts on this, let's start here. There's a couple, before we even get to Sean McDermott, this list, which, by the way, is from Pro Football Focus, and therefore it is numbers and data-driven, which, I don't yeah. know, I guess that serves a purpose. It's advanced stat stuff. It That's is. what they do. But at the end of the day, before we even talk about McDermott, you look at a couple of these names, and Cliff Kingsbury, not just being on this list, but being number four. Yeah. I thought that was egregious. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll, F5. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy's done nothing. He's at 10 with Dallas. He's done literally nothing since earlier in his Green Bay days. And Frank Reich. I listen, I'm, I love Frank Reich. But I'll say this, Joe. He, if you remember last year, all they had to do. And this is a Frank Reich team. I don't care how bad mm-hmm. Carson Wentz is. All they had to do is beat the Jacksonville Jaguars and they're in the playoffs. And if you remember, we had many conversations last mm-hmm. year. Indianapolis was a team I did not have any interest in seeing in the postseason for right. good reason because they kicked the shit out of Buffalo during a regular season. And they got hammered against Jacksonville. I mean, they didn't just lose. They got their asses whooped. That they, didn't just lose. Some- <laughs> they didn't just lose nine to six like some teams. Right, right. <laughs> and, and and again, that was just a regular season middle, you know, middle of the season game for the Bills. This was for all the marbles. All the Colts had to do is win a football game against the Jaguars, and they're in the playoffs. And they got their asses whooped. 
So before we, like I said, we're, I obviously want to get into Sean McDermott in a minute, but I mean, you look at this list and I also, by the way, and then you'll probably disagree with me. I don't think Bill Belichick should be number one at this point. Um, but anyway, what are your thoughts when you look at this list? It's weird. Um, I, I don't get in, I don't get in too much with uh, football advanced stats. There's a lot of really interesting topics, a lot of really interesting stuff. I think PFF is almost blindly loyal to that. To that stuff, I mean, I get it. It's yeah. it's it's their work. It's what they're you know. It's what they do. I I understand that. But like, Cliff Kingsbury fourth man. I don't know. Like this this whole list basically breaks down. Like, okay, who have been the quarterbacks for these teams? Like, okay, Tom Brady. Okay, um, uh, uh Lamar Jackson. Okay, am I got that right? Yeah. Okay. For, it's, for what but, coach? Uh, for John Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, Pat Mahomes, okay, uh, Kyler Murray, oh, neat, Russell Wilson, okay, Rogers, oh, fine, Garoppolo, okay, uh, Ryan Tannehill, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, you know, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, okay, and then you know, Dak Prescott, like, okay, so these coaches are great because most of them have exceedingly great quarterbacks, sure, like, okay, does that make them good coaches? Mm, some of them are, I think Andy Reid's a great coach. I think John Harbaugh is actually a really great coach. Me too. Um, Matt LaFleur, I don't know. He's he's really green. He's really new. Like I, I mean, he's a great offensive coordinator, but I don't, as a head coach, I don't, I don't know, man. I Packers, Packers still couldn't win. I give him credit because, right, right, that's to your point. I give him credit because he's had to deal with so much drama with Aaron Rodgers, the soap right. opera, which could be very distracting to the team. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, they, they constantly have the best record, regular season juggernaut. And then they're very mediocre in the playoffs. Yeah. And like, you know, Kyle Shanahan, like, I mean, listen, I don't think anybody had the Niners being as good as they were going to be last year. Like that was, yeah. that was crazy. They, they did as well as they did last year, especially with quarterback nonsense, you know, they're ready to push Garoppolo out of town. And then, you know, they got Trey Lance sitting, you know, sitting back up and they're like, all right, man, like anytime, anytime you want to sit, Jimmy, it's, you, we're, we're good to go here. But, uh, you know, the, you know, Vrabel, whatever. I know Vrabel makes a lot of very strange decisions during games. So that makes me a little hesitant, but like he plays the team's strengths. So I get it for, you know, Reich, like, listen, Reich's been pretty good. I, I don't, I don't know that the, the, I didn't have like the, the high expectations on the Colts last year, really. I mean, somebody might dig up the pod where we talked about, <laughs> we led into the season where I'd be like, oh man, look out for those Colts. But like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like there's, you know, defense is really good, but like the offense was always kind of like, mm, I don't know what they're going to do, especially, with, you know, with Wentz last year. It was like that, that dude's going to throw stuff away for him. But, um, you know, and like McCarthy, I, listen, I don't think he's a good coach at all. Me neither. I, I think Mike McCarthy is wildly overrated. I think he got a Super Bowl based on Rodgers having an unreal season. And that's about it. Like that, like I, I can't get excited about Mike McCarthy because that dude's a, he coaches choke artist teams. Well, I'll say this at the very top. And again, I know a lot of people might disagree with this, but I would have Andy Reid or maybe even Harbaugh over Bill Belichick. And it's for one at reason. At this point, yeah. At this point right now, this does say 2022 NFL head coach rankings. It doesn't say all time. All mm -hmm. time, you, you, I don't care how much Brady meant. You got to have Bill Belichick up there because of the, the success. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. But Bill Belichick has a losing record without Tom Brady as his quarterback. You know, that, that should end that discussion right there. And where the fuck is Mike Tomlin? How is Mike? Mike Tomlin yeah. hasn't had a losing season since 2003. 2003. Yeah. And they've had a bunch of messes 
at quarter. Ben Roethlisberger's always been hurt. I mean, this team yeah. has had a lot of injuries and a lot of things happen to them, and they're always there. And they've the won, what, it. two Super Bowls in that time, yeah. I think? And where's like, Sean McVay? How is Sean McVay not even on this list? Before yeah. we even get to Sean McDermott, how is Sean McVay not even on this list? He's been, what, two of the last three Super Bowls? Mm -hmm. They literally just yeah. won the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. and, and I'll say this, too. And again, I, I get it, PFF, numbers-driven. Let's go back to the Bills, and if people want to say, well, Sean, Sean McVay has all the talent in the world on his team, he does, mm -hmm. but you know what? What made Marv Levy a Hall of Fame coach? It certainly wasn't the X's and O's, right? It mm -hmm. was the fact that he had a roster full of uh, talented, mm -hmm. larger-than-life, big egos, yep. and he knew how to manage that team. That's part of being a head coach, mm -hmm. always having them motivated, ready to play, the chemistry, all that stuff matters when you're a coach. It's not just X's and O's. So that's what makes, or that's what made Marv Levy such an amazing head coach and a Hall of Famer. Don't take away Sean McVay because he has great teams around him. Yeah. Look at the success that he's had. It's just, I, I don't know, man. It, it, it kind of blows my mind. Those were the two that immediately, even more than Sean McDermott, those are the two that popped off. I'm like, where the fuck are these guys? Yeah. I, I In regards to Levy, I'll give him credit. The K-Gun offense was, was something that nobody was running back sure. then i think what was it the you know june jones or uh uh jack party were doing like the run and shoot stuff even yeah. like the lions you know lions silver streak offense in the 90s like that that was like trying to like up the offensive quotient mm -hmm. for those teams but like the bills the k-gun was different like that was you know that was a very that was a very innovative offense i don't think i don't know that there's enough credit given for for the creation of that because a lot of the modern offense looks kind of like that now sure you know like but um but you're right. Like you have like five, six, seven Hall of Famers on a team. You're going to have a pretty good team, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. that makes it, that makes it kind of easy. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't understand Sean McVay not, not being on that list. Like, I, I don't know. Is it, is it because he hasn't had, he just ha hasn't had the time served because he's like, what, 35, 36 years old. Like, you know, is he getting punished for that? Or, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's weird. Mike Tomlin, Jesus. The, the crappy lineups that he's had in Pittsburgh and every year it, it, people are like, well, this is the year Pittsburgh's going to sit at the bottom of the division. They're going to, you know, they're going to be a top five, top 10, you know, team in the draft. And they always come out eight and eight or nine and eight now, or, you know, they go 10 and six. And you're just like, how the hell did they do that? It's yeah. like, well, the Steelers have been running the same stuff for the last 20 years now. You know, it, that offense doesn't really change that much like you know and if the quarterback isn't good somehow the running game's really good and they're able to figure that out and the defense is almost always pretty good in pittsburgh like even when it's kind of crappy they still find ways they're competitive each and every year they're yeah. competitive they're always competitive through all you know teams come up they come down it's the way it just goes pittsburgh's it's always it's competitive pittsburgh's crazy to me they've had three head coaches in like what the last 50 years yeah like they went from Chuck Noel to Bill Cowher to Mike Tomlin. Like that's nuts. No, nobody does that stuff now. Tomlin's had a job for twenty <laughs> not years. The Buffalo, not the Buffalo Sabers. They don't do that. <laughs> Tomlin's had a job for twenty years, and he doesn't that's look crazy. any older than no. when he took over. Like no, I, I mean, coaching in Pittsburgh would make me age unbelievably. Like I would, I would look like I'd look like the the dude who drank from the wrong cup in the Last Crusade. <laughs> like by the end of it, I'd just be like the desiccated corpse trying to coach football. But like Tomlin, no, no, man, he just keep. Keeps it going, stays steady, and like even like it seems like when people try to call for his job, he's just kind of like, no man, screw them. Like we're, I'm gonna figure this out. Now yeah. he's got a big challenge this year, but but I mean, I don't know. Like it, it's like that's a dude. I don't know how you don't 
rank and again I, I know it's the stats thing this i don't want it to turn into like a watch the game versus you know look at the numbers thing because i don't think that this isn't a this isn't the kind of conversation that deserves to be broken down that way sure i agree because yeah, that's just I, I don't know trying to assess a coach based on like i don't know i guess what their offensive coordinators put together is kind of foolish right this might the, the list may have been met may have been met originally as a data-driven post but of course like everything else this turns into it turned into the nfl network doing it and now we're doing it mm -hmm. people on twitter and social media do it it just turns into an overall who's the best best head coach in the nfl what's your top 10 there mm -hmm. i personally would have either Reed or even john harbaugh as my number one coach right now and again tomlin and McVay not being on there is stupid i get rid of Kling, King, Klingsbury. Kingsbury, I'm sorry. Get rid of Mike yeah. McCarthy for now, for starters. Let's turn to Sean McDermott, though, because this is where, like I said, I got in my typical uh, beef with some fans. I don't have the tweet to, to display. Because you don't, I, you don't think ahead. he, you don't think he deserves to be in that top ten, right? I well, here's what I said. Oh. <laughs> this is this was my I quote tweeted that PFF list, and this was word for word what I originally said. And then I want to slightly mm -hmm. amend this. That's a good. I'm glad you asked that question. Here's what I said. I said, interesting list, one I don't agree with, especially once it gets past three. I am, however, in agreement with McDermott not currently being on it. There's a lot to prove still there, mm -hmm. especially after the Kansas City debacle that ruined a Super Bowl trip. That's what I said originally. So I did say him not being on it was something I agreed with. Now I'm slightly retracting that, ever so slightly. I do think... <laughs> he does deserve to be on the top 10 list because you do look at success. The, the bills have been good now for what? Three straight years. They've mm -hmm. been real. You know, they made the playoffs four of his five years as head coach. Um, they went to the AFC championship game two years ago. Last year, they, uh, they went to the playoffs. They, they won a game in the playoffs. So he deserves to be on the top 10 list. He also deserves credit for, um, Building a culture. I mean, this was a team that perennially was losing literally a 17-year playoff drought before mm -hmm. he got here. And then in his first year, now a lot of luck was involved, but in his very yeah. first year as head coach, the 17-year drought ends. How do you not give a guy credit for that? You know what I mean? Well, That's kind of you're I a hater if you build it. Right. So he's <laughs> built, he's built a winning culture, or he's had a big part of building a winning culture. Um, the players like him that they, they play hard. Uh, so he deserves credit. So for me to say he shouldn't have been in the top 10 is wrong. That said, a lot of Bills fans would say, and a lot of Bills fans did say, Joe, that he belongs easily in the top five. And I'm like, no, he don't. No. He doesn't. He doesn't. No. And, and, and it's simple. You look, a lot of Bills fans, and I understand why, and I don't know, maybe if, you know, if it was the Lions or whatever, it's such a horrific nightmare the way that game ended. You don't want to talk about it. I hear people, we're still talking about this game. We're still talking about 13 seconds. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, we are. People are like, you haven't moved on from this horrifically terrible instance. Come on. Listen, in terms of who to blame for it, it we'll never move on from it unless no. they win a Super Bowl. Because right. the bottom line is this, Joe. Were it not, forget about Tyler Bass or the special teams coach or Levi Wallace at corner, or how far back the defenders were playing, were it not for Sean McDermott and the decisions that he made over those last three plays, including the kickoff I'm counting, over those 13 seconds, the Bills are at home playing the Cincinnati Bengals for the right to go to the Super Bowl and almost certainly are going to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. 
How do you not blame the coach for that? And also, you go back a year before when the Bills went to the AFC Championship game, Sean McDermott's worst job of the season by far was that AFC Championship game. He coached Mm -hmm. scared. Everybody knows that. In the biggest moments, we've seen the worst of Sean McDermott as a game day NFL head coach. And one other stat I'll throw out I'll throw out at you. And this could be a little bit skewed. So I admit that. So kind of take it for what it's worth. But the Bills ran roughshod over a lot of teams last year. But six times a score was a one-score game. The final score was a one-score game. Six mm-hmm. times. And the Bills won zero of those games. They were 0-6 in one-score games last year, including the playoff loss in overtime to Kansas City. 0-6 in one-score games. So you you combine that. You combine 13 seconds. You combine last year AFC championship game. That's why Sean McDermott's not a top five coach to me. He maybe he can be. Like mm-hmm. Andy Reid had a lot to prove for a long time that he could win the big one mm-hmm. when he got to Kansas City, and ultimately he did. That's where I'm at with Sean McDermott right now. Sure, bottom of the top ten, but top five, no, because he's got too much to prove. Yeah. No, I yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that completely. The um, I mean, everything that happened in that Kansas City game, I you know, a great game, you know, one of the you know, best game of the playoffs, best game in the play, you know. Best football game the last like you know twenty years probably absolutely and you know the the way it turns out the way it ends up in overtime is because you know you you didn't make it clear enough to what to do on the the kickoff after you took the lead call timeout twice too Joe right both plays both defensive play both offensive plays Kansas City ran the Bills called timeout before so if Sean McDermott saw something he didn't like. Don't blame mm-hmm. Leslie Frazier. Don't blame Jordan Poyer, Edmonds, Hyde, Levi mm-hmm. Wallace, any of the guys. Sean McDermott, they called. He called timeout two different yeah. times. And I know people are probably getting really mad listening or watching this right now because we're rehashing <laughs> shit from months ago. I get it. But this is um, it's directly connected to the head coaching rankings as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. This is bad coaching when it mattered most, you know? Yeah. Sorry to me. Yeah, it's 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 poor. It, it's it's <laughs> I get mad still, man. <laughs> you should. I mean, you, like Bills fans should be mad about that. Just trying to like, I mean, I get trying to move on from it because, you know, you don't want to hang around on bad losses. Fair. Nobody wants to right. like let that hang around their neck forever. Like no, nobody wants to just kind of like wallow in misery. Although, you know, Bills fans kind of did that for 17 years, but you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, that that's a different thing, but like, this is really tough losses like that, man. Like you're, you're a fan. Like it's really hard. <laughs> like you want to move on from it, but also you can't get away from it. And like, if you want to get away from it, like good luck, because what do you think is going to get talked about when Kansas city plays Buffalo in the regular season? What do you think is going to be the discussion point the entire week during the entire game? Like what like, that's going to be the, like people are going to talk about how great the game was, how great Allen was, how great Mahomes was, but they're also going to be like, yeah, well, they, 13 they, seconds. They, you know, they booted out of the back of the end zone and they called timeout twice when Kansas City didn't have uh, any timeouts. One nope. timeout, like they had zero no, time. No yeah. timeouts. Like you helped, you helped them. <laughs> you helped them get down the field, like because you're worried about giving up the big, big, big play. I'm sorry. I, let, let me before people are going nuts. Kansas City did have timeouts. Still oh, okay. shouldn't matter right. though. Right. Still so you gave yeah. them free 20 yards twice in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, it, it's the whole, you know, prevent only prevents you from winning the game. Like yeah. it was, it was that kind of thing, but like, I don't know. Do you like, do you have like that Arizona game in the back of your mind? Like, Oh man, we can't get victimized like that again. Or, or is it just because you just watched Tyree kill 
run past your entire defense like you know five plays before that you know the last series where you're just you're just terrified of you know the same thing happening like yeah. fair worry completely fair worry because you know your your secondary can't keep up with a guy that fast but i don't know man like that's it's a it's, polarizing it's, topic it's though. trying to do the right thing and like it ends up being the wrong thing yeah I, that's that's what i mean you know i don't know i i can't pat a guy in the back for like trying to trying to do the right thing it's it's execution but it's you know it's a failed execution by not squibbing the kick it's you know it's where it's, it starts because that starts yeah. the clock of running immediately then you know then they don't have one second left to get a to get a kick away they don't have any of that time it's a polarized when it comes to sean mcdermott and how you feel about him as a coach and where you think he belongs amongst the, the coaches in the league right now where you think his place is to me, is one of the more polarizing topics out there because, again, you are weighing the fact that he is largely responsible and deserves a lot of credit for being the head coach that turned this mm -hmm. franchise around. He was the right choice when they needed him. That's undisputable right now. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the team he's built, the, the culture, the character of this football team, Sean McDermott's fingerprints are all over it. So you mm -hmm. weigh that, and then you weigh the fact that the head coach is the biggest reason why, at least last year for sure, this team didn't go to the Super Bowl. Because, yeah. again, are you going to say, well, if he wasn't head coach, he wouldn't have been in that position? I don't believe that. This was an amazingly talented football team. Mm -hmm. But when he's he's the primary reason why. Those 13 seconds, again, get over it, get over it, get over it. No, 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 no. Because it's a fact now. Yeah. Even if you take the emotion out and you just look at it objectively, mm -hmm. the biggest problem in the end, at the end of the what was one of the best football games we've ever seen was the head coach fucked up three times in 13 seconds. It's as simple as that. So do you, how do you, you don't get, you don't not get penalized for that. Yeah. It, you don't, it's not a moral victory for being like, well, no. you, you got almost to the, you got almost to the Super Bowl. Like that's, you know, you don't get, you don't get a pat on the back for that. Yeah. Like that's, that's, it's a lost forgotten footnote, you know, like if for whatever reason, Buffalo doesn't get that far this year, then it's like, boy that like that that moment becomes even larger like that yeah. becomes an even bigger sticking point which you know uh, you know I, I think you and i kind of agree there's a lot of pressure on mcdermott this season there uh, should be i mean it, you know not not fire that right that firing but like winner it's get gonna fired. get stressful yeah like, it's gonna get very like the the press conferences will get a little bit more anxious a little bit more difficult i mean at least in in most situations they would i would imagine but it's you know like that it, it's something where if you don't get to the super bowl and if you don't win i mean if you don't win one i mean listen winning one's really hard sure. it's really really hard no i know everybody here knows that but like getting there getting back there in buffalo's case like you know for the first time in 30 years like that's that's a big deal it's a huge deal but like if you fall short in the in the afc title game again or if you don't even make the afc title game I mean, it's a boss. You know, while you've got these guys, then it's it's a boss. You're you're no better than Mike McCarthy. It's a boss. It is literally a boss. You are the betting favorites to win the Super Bowl right now. If mm -hmm. you don't get to the Super Bowl with what you have on this roster and added Vaughn Miller, the season's a bust. And mm -hmm. ultimately, that's a reflection of the head coach. It's as simple as that. When you go when you miss a playoff 17 straight years and you make the playoffs, that's a reflection of your head coach. When you are the favorites and you want to achieve, that's also the, mm -hmm. the you know the reflection of a head coach. It's just, um, I, I agree. I, he's not like hot seat pressure. It's not like if no. the bills 
underachieved this year. Sean McDermott's job could be in trouble. I don't believe that for a second. But if they underachieve this year, and by underachieving, that's anything short of getting to the Super Bowl, or at the very, very, very least, the AFC title game. And that's at the bare minimum. If anything less than that, and I think the, and rightfully so, the, the word becomes, is Sean McDermott a, a, a choke job head coach? Because he certainly choked in that game last year. Now, maybe mm-hmm. that shouldn't d- define him. It's unfair to put that on him right now. Mm-hmm. But hey, to this point, that's what it is. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's just a, a really polarizing topic. Yeah, and for what it's... it's worth, by the way, Joe, I, I would put Reed, Harbaugh, um, McVay, Belichick, Tomlin. That would probably be my top five. The Shanahan right there. Mm-hmm. And then McDermott. And by the way, Zach Taylor from Cincinnati. I mean, he took a team. Yeah. It was 4 11 and 1 last year and literally won the AFCs. Where's the credit for this guy? No one even talks about him. Yeah. And he's he's another one like in the McVeigh category. He's really young, young really young guy. And I, I don't know. I think I maybe it's just because there's not enough of a track record with them to be able to say, like, okay, this is what they're about. You know, I, I you know, at least with Belichick, you know, there's so many years put in. And, I, and obviously Super Bowls. Like you don't you don't you don't need to you don't need to shine that up. You just know Andy Reid's been around forever. Same thing. Mike McCarthy's been around forever. You know, they've you know, they've hardly had losing teams. You know, Andy Reid's never really coached a loser team. He's had some, you know, some underachieving teams, certainly, but you know, never really teams where you're just like, man, these guys are hide your eyes bad. He's not Jeff Fisher. We're talking, you know, right. like we're not we're not talking something like that. You know, Mike, you know, Mike Rabel had, you know, Tennessee had the best record in the AFC somehow last year. Like, you know, it, it's it's things like that where you're just kind of like, all right, I I guess I guess they're good, but you know, but you know, when you're talking about Buffalo stuff through the Buffalo lens, it gets the conversation always skews a little screwy. You know, just because yeah. when you're when you're watching things with with Bill's color lenses, yeah. everything is beautiful, everything is right, everything is perfect in the world right now. You know, like they can sure. do no wrong, everything's perfect, it's fine. You know, but you know, some, sometimes you just you, you lose the forest for the trees uh, when you're right. trying to when you're trying to break it down. I don't know, not logically, but just like objectively, like you're just right. kind of you get a little bit lost there. I, and I understand, I do understand the rationale of some fans. Who say, you know, it's like when you get your heart broken by somebody. Some people mm-hmm. have the ability to really process it sort of quickly and then kind of move on with their lives, and which is good. And then mm-hmm. some people just kind of hold on to it. And I admit it, I'm still holding on to it. I'm I have I have processed it, but I'm not over it. And I'm not gonna be until otherwise, because this is a loaded conference. Mm-hmm. And no matter how good the bills are right now, you weren't gonna get a I find it hard to believe the Bills will get a better opportunity. Not saying they listen, the Bills might go to the next seven straight Super Bowls, okay? Mm-hmm. But there it's hard to believe that they're gonna get a better opportunity than they had last year, where all they would have had to do was come home for the AFC championship. It's the third seed, a home game, mm-hmm. and beat the Cincinnati Bengals. That's all I'm saying. The opportunity was there, it was ha- basically handed to them. Mm-hmm. And uh and we blew it. It's it's a hard it's a hard th- that's a hard thing to let go of, man. Like, listen, it I, it's it's been ages since the Lions were even relevant at all in football. But I go back to the '90s, and I think of the game that basically made Brett Favre Brett Favre against Green Bay in the playoffs, where they just you know decided not to cover Sterling Sharp and just let Favre run around and find him for a deep touchdown. It was just kind of like, cool, man. Like, thanks, you know, like Wayne Fonts, you know an insane coach you, you want to talk about a divisive guy like yeah, every yeah, year yeah. every year they'd start like one and five and you're just like jesus can they fire this guy already then they win nine in a row and you're like 
okay, well, cool. They're, you know, they won the division somehow and now they're back in the playoffs and can't win a playoff game because they lose to the Packers or they lose to, you know, whoever, whoever the hell they play, you know, like it's dumb stuff like that where, you know, in that moment, you're like, wow, this team can be really good. Let's see what they can do with it. And then, you know, they didn't do anything with it. Now, those Lions teams, they only had one great player. This Bills team has a really great quarterback. Uh, I mean, well, the Lions had a, have a had the greatest running back of all time. Let's I agree. Put, let's put it that way. He, um, he but, was. like, the, the Bills have a, have a very loaded roster. At, but, like, the problem is everybody in the AFC loaded up this year, which is, you know, nobody wanted to roll over and be like, well, it's Kansas City and Buffalo. Everybody else is fighting for third. You know, Cincinnati goes and wins the AFC title game. It's like, okay, well, they're in the conversation. Then all these other teams go out and, you know, they're snatching up quarterbacks, they're grabbing people, and you're like, okay, this is getting a little different now. You know? yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, the, the AFC is not easy by any stretch of the means, but, you know, Bill, the Bills have the most weapons. Bills in Kansas City have the most weapons to be able to handle everybody, but, you know, it's any given Sunday, man. Any yeah. weird we, shit happens. We know that. And, uh, I don't think I've ever told you this. Barry Sanders is actually my favorite NFL football player of all time. I, I loved watching Barry Sanders play. I didn't never like the Lions, but the Lions were playing on TV. Barry Sanders, I had to watch them. Oh, yeah. I would I would say this. Last thought with uh with Sean McDermott. The number one key to the Bills getting in the Super Bowl is always going to be Josh Allen staying healthy. That mm-hmm. goes without saying. But right now, for me, and a lot of people might not agree with this, the number two key for the Bills is Sean McDermott proven that in a big game where everything's at stake, that he could be a good game day NFL head coach. Have mm. not seen that yet in the biggest moments. That's all I'm saying, folks. It's going to be very interesting with a new offensive coordinator. Now, I know Dorsey was Dable's you know, assistant last year, but it's a different, it's a different guy calling the plays. And like, I don't know how different the playbook's going to be. I can't imagine it's going to be much different, but um, still it's, it's a different mind back there. It's a different person running the show like that's you know is he on page with McDermott more you know Dayball and McDermott certainly didn't seem to always jive like that always seemed to be a little bit of a mm-hmm. you know especially the last season like any loss seemed to be like they'd snipe at each other and was kind of like okay guys like good call like way to go man like this <laughs> I don't know how that how, I don't know how this works with you guys but like whatever good luck to you but um but that's a big I mean that's a big change like the you know a new offensive coordinator, a special guy who hasn't been an OC before. That's that's a big change for a team that's got Super Bowl on yeah. the mind. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I'm back. Casual Friday with Joe Yurden. Besides Sean McDermott's stuff, uh, quickly, the Bills had um, some pressers this week. Brandon Bean spoke, Leslie Frazier spoke. A couple just notes worth uh, noting to people listening or watching. Um, Trey White, no update on that yet. Uh, and also, uh, what was the other thing I wanted to, to hit on? Oh, we talked about this last week on the podcast pretty much at length. We don't know. Next week's mandatory minicamp. So we talked about potentially the Jordan Poyer situation reaching a point where things could start happening. Mm-hmm. We'll start to find out next week because the Bills have mandatory minicamp. So they have, they, um, Brandon Bean, I think it was Brandon Bean said that he has not talked to Jordan Poyer directly, but the indications are that they think Jordan Poyer will be at mandatory camp. So I just wanted to point that out there because we did spend time talking about that last week. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, He's not there, mm-hmm. you know, what starts to get said amongst the media and no. fans about that. I and did Rachel want, Bush. <laughs> and Rachel Bush, yes. I did want to point out something, too. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I'm going to play this clip in a second here. Um, He retired, and we all know that now, 17 years in the NFL, forward the Bills. I talked about this with Aaron Quinn on the podcast earlier this week, and he was, um, whatever. I, I, I'm not going to talk about what I think of Ryan Fitzpatrick as a player. He's a great Buffalonian. Let's just put it that way. I don't think he's the greatest quarterback, but he was a a good guy. And I understand why Bills fans love him the way they do. Anyway, he retired and he basically went on this whirlwind of podcast touring, man. And he was on so many shows and he talked about a lot of interesting things, but he was on a a show with Trey Wingo from ESPN. And I found this one funny and I want to get your reaction from it because quite honestly, if you remember last year, we knew that the Bills were going to be getting a new backup quarterback. We knew Mitch Trubisky was going to be leaving. And there was a lot of talk that Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, sitting in the stadium, shirtless, rooting for them against the Patriots at the end of the season in the playoffs. There's a lot of talk that Ryan Fitzpatrick would be the perfect backup for Josh Allen. Ryan Fitzpatrick did not agree. And I want to play this clip and he's going to tell you why. And then I want to get your reaction after that. Here's a clip. It's like, if you just trace my career arc and you trace, you know, some of it, I was signed to be a starter or a bridge and that kind of happened towards the tail end of my career. Uh, but a lot of the places I started as a backup and there was some crazy circumstance of why, you know, the starter got hurt. Gino breaks his jaw. Uh, there's a million different things that were happening that like, it just kept happening. And I will tell you this, and I, I haven't really said this to anybody 
I didn't want to sign with the Bills as a backup because I love Josh Allen. Yeah. And I love watching Josh Allen play football. And if I sign to be a backup with the Buffalo Bills, what's happened the rest of my career? I end up on the field. I don't want to play on the field. Yeah. I want I want to see Josh Allen play. Yeah. And so that was that was one where it was like, no, I, I love watching this kid too much. And I've, I've seen this story happen over and over and over again. <laughs> All right. So he's pretty honest about it. And it's funny because I felt the same way. A lot of Bills fans are like, oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, every time he goes to a team through hook or crook, he ends up being the starter. Whether more times than not, the starter gets hurt or they just play horribly and he gets an opportunity or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Ryan Fitzpatrick ends up, he's never the QB1 on day one of training camp, yet he always ends up starting for that team. It's funny he admitted that shit because I'm like, yo, I don't want Ryan Fitzpatrick, not because I don't like him, but literally for that reason. I uh, let's let's go let's go through the last few teams that he played with to to go over to sure. go over like what that's about. He finishes a career with Washington. Who was who was their number one last year? Ooh, I'd see Taylor Haneke. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so there was that Miami. Who was the star of the years in Miami? It was to his rookie year. Yeah. So, you know, Tua gets Tua's banged up or Tua does whatever. Or no, like uh, Fitz was the handoff guy to Tua, I think, yeah. that year. So, yeah. So, okay. So, well, Tua's supposed to play. Um, or he was there for, he was in Miami for two years. So, you know, whatever. Fine. He's in Tampa for two years. Who's their quarterback? Well, I don't J- even remember. Jameis Winston is the quarterback. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Jameis Winston threw hurt. 35 interceptions. Like, yeah. of course he's, of course he's going to play. You know, he goes to the Jets for two years. Do we even need to talk about the Jets? Geno Smith. <laughs> he got his right. broke. Yeah, yeah. He goes he goes to Houston. Like, here's the thing. These were all bad teams. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, these He's are horrible teams. He never like, played in a playoff game in 17 years, Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's crazy. Right. Like, I, I mean, geez, like, look at I, I'm looking at the, the Houston quarterbacks, and it's like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Case Keenum. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, Ryan Mallett. Like, who? What? Like, uh, who cares? Like, Tom Savage? You can tell me Ryan Fitzpatrick's not better than Tom Savage. He's not right, better than right, Case right, right. Keenum. Like, get out of my fit. <laughs> Tennessee? That was a quarterback in Tennessee there. Like, I'm, I'm looking at Jake Locker. Come on. Like, of course Fitzpatrick's the starter there. Like, Jake Locker ain't nobody. And then he was in Buffalo before that. And Buffalo, we know, wasn't great. So, you know, but like all these other teams, like St. Louis back at like 03, there's that Kurt Warner's backup. No, it was Mark Bulger's backup. Like, okay, he was the third quarterback. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in Cincinnati. Like, who's the who's the start of that? It was Carson Palmer. Like, okay, Carson Palmer out, always got hurt. Yeah, he's like, played on a bunch of bad teams. He's been like these are. Like, a, I mean, that's the thing. Like, guy. he's always been a bridge guy. He thinks he's he thinks he's a jinx. Which I mean, I get it. You have a career like that, you you I'd start to believe it too. But like, also, dude, all these teams are horrible. These are horrible teams. <laughs> You sign up with the Bills, you're immediately playing on the best team in your career. Yeah. That you've ever played with. Like, yeah. you know, I, I mean, for crying out loud, like who else didn't he play in Dallas? No, he didn't play in Dallas. I don't even know. He played like, with like just, nine different teams or something. It's insane. Like, like it's insane for him to say that to be like, nah, I don't want to jinx them. Like, dude, I, a, jinxes I aren't thing real. Thing, but, uh, jinx, no, they're come on. <laughs> I don't I, come on. I, man. I didn't want to tempt fate, man. It was just tooth fairy, like not hang out enough or, you know, like lucky the leprechaun. Like, I mean, come on, man. Like, <laughs> like, dude, like this would have been the greatest team he's ever played on. 
hands down, hands down. Oh, and absolutely. he easily would have been a better backup than well, Case Keenum. I, in fairness, I'm not sure that the Bills were interested in him either. I don't know. We'll never know. I, again, yeah, I, nobody will tip their hand on that. I, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick, the human being and the character, because he is kind of a character in a way. And he was a gambler. I liked his mentality on the field. Mm-hmm. Didn't think too much of him as an actual quarterback. Talked about that with Aaron on the show uh, this week. I just thought it was funny that he, he was like, yeah. no, I'm not signing here. I don't want Josh Allen to get hurt. What a nice Listen, he's a he's a, Fitzpatrick's a media guy now, yeah, so yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. got to tell good stories and like that's yep. you know to be, to be self deprecating like that is great. Like because people just kind of like ah, oh, it makes him affable. Like he's likable. I get it. I understand. But also, I can see him working. Never in the played media. for a good team. Ever. Absolutely, could see him. I'm glad you said that because I thought that. I'm like I could see this guy working in the media, um, in the years to come. I want to spend before we get to our draft because let's kind of change the tone a little bit more serious again we talked golf last week but it was a completely different tone last week because oh, it was yeah. for fun this liv golf and, and and admittedly i still don't know all that much about it i know what i need to know i'm talking about the actual format and what their plans are you know going forward i know what it's spearheaded by let's just put it that mm-hmm. way it's really newsworthy because of the players that have jumped ship from the pga tour this to me is going to be absolutely fascinating stuff if you're a golf fan, obviously. But I mean, the, the, their their league, I don't want to say tour, the, the, the league right. kicked off now, literally, as we're recording this. Phil Mickelson was the big name. We've already known that. Found out that the dude is getting $200 million from LIV Golf. Dustin Johnson, um, He's with them too now. 125 million is being reported. Bryson uh, DeChambeau was this was just reported today, uh, over a hundred million dollars. I don't know, dude. First of all, by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm putting this grip. Phil, Phil, don't even look evil right now in this photo. It's just something. It just mm-hmm. I don't know, man. He, he, it's just yeah. something ain't sitting well with me. And let me say this: I will, I will say this in an era where Tiger Woods is you know, just completely revolutionized golf. Mm -hmm. I have always, Phil Mickelson has been my favorite golfer. I love Tiger too, but Tiger is too. Phil has always been my number one favorite golfer. I'll never forget him winning that first Masters on Mm -hmm. Easter Sunday. I was losing my mind going to my in-law's house, jumping up and down with every putt. It was awesome. When he won the PGA just literally a year ago, which is crazy. We should Mm -hmm. be celebrating that shit. What he did a year ago at the PGA Tour Mm -hmm. or the championship. That was one of the greatest golf moments to me ever. And this fucking guy, man, I it just, he said the wrong things. He said it the wrong way. He's paid a heavy price, um, but he's followed through on this shit. This LIV golf is, um, and by the way, today as we're taping this, the PGA suspended 17 players who are now in this league. Mm-hmm. I guess what I want to do is ask you this, man, before we get to our draft here, is the PGA in trouble? I mean, is this just, do you think this is a flash in the pan thing? Like for wrestling fans, is this like mm-hmm. TNA impact, you know, that'll make a noise a little bit and then dissipate? Or is the PGA Tour in legit trouble? Because there's big names going to LIB golf. Plus, from the PGA side, you're losing these guys. Tiger Woods is nearly done. I mean, he, yeah. he's a shell now. He's he's, mm-hmm. he's not playing in the U.S. Open. Uh, he's going to try to get ready for the, the British Open, but he ain't got much golf left in him. PGA Tour, without, kind of like, especially losing some star players like they are. Yeah. This is going to be like, is this a legit, if I'm a PGA guy, I'm really concerned kind of deal? Yes. 
Yes, okay. because the, when you think about the majors, there's only one major they have control over the field. That's the PGA Championship. Mm-hmm. Every other one is basically either either it's up to the tournaments to say it's okay, or you know, well, it's just or if it's the U.S. Open, it's literally open yeah. to anybody. If you have like a USGA membership, then mm-hmm. okay, you've got it. You can play that, but um, and if you qualify and you pay the fee, like the interest fee, all that, all that crap. But like, listen, that's. That doesn't matter for those guys. Entrance fee is nothing, but, um, but like the you know, but like the British Open, that's not controlled by PGA. Like it's it's technically a you know, it's an event on the PGA Tour, but it's not a PGA specific thing because there's never been another rival tour or anything like that. There's never been something like that's comparable. So a lot of these a lot of these tournaments are going to have to decide whether they're okay with having the guys from from this um from liv involved or uh or if they want to do business with the saudis like that i mean listen you know it's it's the elephant in the room that you know as far as our discussion goes but like that that's a big deal it is a very big deal and like you know the masters is like the biggest one and listen the masters is as problematic of a tournament as any out there especially with augusta national you know you know country club but like you know, it's 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 going to be very interesting to see how big tournaments handle this. You know, like big tournament, like the Memorial, like the Memorial tournament just happened in Ohio, I think, like last weekend. Like that's you know, that's that used to be one of the big ones. The Phoenix Open, you know, that's a big one now. Early in the early in the year, and the PGA schedule is loaded. Like there's not really an off season in the PGA because you know they had the, they had the, they started that points playoff thing a few seasons ago. But like you have to keep playing tournaments to get points, so. You know, if you if you decide you want to get a break one week and just be like, hey, you know, I got, you know, I'm getting gear up for, you know, I'm getting gear up for the PGA Championship. I'm getting gear up for the U.S. Open. You know, I'm going to stay, you know, stay away from a couple of these tournaments, just work on my game. We're going to lose points. You're going to fall down the standings board. And then you're not playing, you know, for the big money in the playoff at, you know, the end of the year. So there's a lot of things. This is something where the PGA, the second they hear about this becoming a possibility, they have to have a, a plan in order. Like they have well, to have things organized, and I don't think they're organized at all. No, well, they suspend. They're suspending these guys that's, now. Seventeen they're, they're, of them now. That's, they're the not going to play. Like, those guys don't care. Like suspension doesn't bother the money, them. Yeah, because if it's about money, you're going to play in the LIB. Right. You're going to make well, more like, money there, and in, in, in whatever your contract is, and you're ever going to see it's blood money, dude. I mean, yeah. let's just call it what it is. You, yes. we're both wrestling fans, Listen, and. I'm- you know what Vince McMahon has done with Saudi Arabia? He's taking blood money. He's getting he gets more money for doing those those shows in Saudi Arabia than he does than he makes for WrestleMania. Listen, you know, it, uh, it's just it, it's insane, man. But if you're a golfer, it's tough to say. It's easy to say actually if if you're poor like we are, you know. But if you're already rich like Phil Mickelson or Dustin Johnson, and you're going to make more money than you're ever going to see in your life, you already have more money than you're ever going to see. Mm-hmm. How do you say no to $125 million if you're Dustin Johnson? It's, it's just, it's it's easier said. It's easy for us to be on our high horse. And I'm just trying to look at it objectively, yeah. to be fair here now. I, w- I don't think I'd be able to do it because of where that money comes from. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. I, I think the, the majors are still going to be the majors. But the week-to-week PGA Tour, like when you're going to watch, a, a, you know, if you're a golf fan, we're mm-hmm. we're moderate golf fans. We're not we're not golf junkies. We're not Chris Baker right. from Sabres prospects, <laughs> you know. But like we're you, the Houston, you know, the Houston Open or the Memorial, like you said, or a lot of these other tournaments. When the field is decimated because it's seventeen, it's so far, and there's going to be more. You know, there's going to be mm-hmm. more that 
they're not in these fields on a week-to-week basis anymore. I think the sports, it's going to hurt. Now, I know people who are not worried about or saying, well, there's no TV deal. And they, say, they don't give a fuck, bro. They got yeah. so much money, they don't care. They don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. They're not going to run out of money for many, 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 many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I'm worried if I'm a PGA guy. I uh, it, this is this is a very conflicting subject for me because my favorite my favorite soccer team is Newcastle United. They were just purchased by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. uh, months ago, which is wow. extremely awkward because don't like that, don't no. like it one bit. But like, it's it's you know not to make light. I'm not making light of what you know what they've done, but like you know it, it's like the the office space michael bolton conversations like why should i change they're the ones who suck you know like <laughs> i've been here longer than they have they, right, they go right. to hell but like right that's, a, that's you know I, I i you know but like i don't control the money i've never controlled the money if i control the money to for a soccer team good lord like i <laughs> i'd be you wouldn't be ha- you wouldn't have me on the pod first of all i'd be hiding away somewhere in the woods to never be bothered by anybody mm-hmm. ever again but like with this thing it's you say, how do you say no to that? And it, it, that comes down to like a person's moral compass, honestly. Like, you know, it's not like these guys are broke. I mean, Phil Mickelson might be broke. He might owe a lot. Bookie's lots of money. Like, he might need millions of dollars. In game. Right. Like, the 200 mil, most of it might be gone already. So, like, you know, I get why he does it. And, but, you know, for some of these other guys, like, I don't know. Does Dustin Johnson need the money? I don't know. Probably not. He's married to Wayne Gretzky's daughter. Like he's, I think he's good. But you know, does Patrick Reed need the money? I don't know. Does it matter to him? He's he's kind of a dick. Does Bryson DeChambeau need the money? No, but he's also a dick. So like, you know, I I, I think they targeted the correct people to get involved in this because it's like, wow, these guys are kind of assholes. Yeah, they'll take the money. They don't care. Like they're you know, make give them a hundred, hundred twenty five, two hundred. Who cares? Give them that. But, you know, like the uh, the story that they wanted to try to get Tiger involved and the rumored offer was like high nine figures. I'm just like, geez, well, they, they give him $750 million. Like, I mean, these guys have already made life changing money through their careers. You know, what at what point is it just kind of like stupid? I, I mean, it probably is already stupid. But, you know, if you've banked 50, 20, 50 million dollars or something like that, like that's that's insane. You never have to do anything ever again. But like you're going to get an extra you know, hundred mil dumped on your head for going to play golf for really awful people. I don't know that, that, that kind of offer. I don't know. It's, it's easy to say from the sidelines, right? Say, like I would never do that, but like, I don't know. Would you, it's, it's a <laughs> you moral, know, like that, that's, that's a moral thing. compass issue. Like you said, there was, a, I'm going to put it up on the YouTube version. Anyway, I don't know if you can see this. It's it's a, it's a, I've retweeted. Dustin Johnson and Paulina Gretzky finalizing a deal with the LIB tour. It's a scene from Ozark where this guy's hugging them both and they got blood on their faces. Cause like, mm-hmm. they're literally saying, you know, this is a, uh, this yeah. is blood money, which by the way, for people who are listening like, all right, cause not everyone follows golf and they're like, well, I don't get what the big deal is. The LIB, the, the funding of it comes from Saudi Arabia. You know, the, the, these are people who, murder journalists, behead people, um, deny basic human civil rights to women. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, uh, it, it, it's going to get political. You know, it's going to get political. And it's, it's a bad scene. Moral, as it should. It's a bad scene. Ultimately, I would say this. I think the average golf fan, there's going to be people who are willing to um, say, you know what? I, I'm not watching this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. I don't care if Tiger Phil and I don't care if everyone is playing. I'm not watching it because mm-hmm. of my beliefs. Perfectly cool and fine. And, and I applaud you for that. If that's mm-hmm. your take, if that's your stance. 
But I think the average golf fan, much like circling back to wrestling, like you and I are wrestling fans, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I hate what happens in Saudi Arabia. I hate that shit. Mm-hmm. But I guess what? I watch what are they, the jewel, whatever they call them. Whatever those events are, the super shows in Saudi Arabia when WWE, mm-hmm. I watch them. They're really you know, bad. I feel a little, <laughs> I, I they're feel actually like a, bad shows, though. <laughs> right, right, they are bad, yeah, because that's where you stick Goldberg and yeah. fucking with against the Undertaker or some yeah. shit like that. My point is, I'm if the LIV's got a, a good field and and it's on, well, it's not on TV. You don't have a TV it's on YouTube. Yeah. It's on YouTube. I'm not gonna lie and sit here and tell you that I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not gonna feel great about myself. I'm gonna watch it. I it's, hope. Yeah. I I hope things. I I I'm a PGA guy. I'm a PGA first always so i really hope the liv fails but it's not going to be because of me because i'm probably going to be watching it yeah exactly they got too much money for it to fail i don't know i I just think as a golf fan it's going to be something to really uh it's going to change the game for sure yeah yeah, it's going to change it but i don't know if it's going to be for the better no right it's probably it's going to dilute the bta there's no question about it it's definitely going to it's going to you know what this reminds me and this is a a horrible comparison but it reminds me of like when the indycar circuit split into two things for whatever dumb reason like mm-hmm. they broke into like cart series and like i don't know indie aces or some crap like that i don't know but i remember when that happened and like back in the day like you'd have all the great racers in the indy 500 but then it was only part of like this one group so like half the field's gone here it's kind of like you know i didn't care about any of it like i didn't care about one side or the other i was just like i don't give a shit about this anymore <laughs> and golf i don't know golf might turn out the same way you know money sure. money money can't demand my attention unless you give me you know five million dollars to watch it then yeah cool i'm <laughs> dialed in man like i'll i'll watch every shot i don't give me 17 tvs i'll watch every guy yeah I hear you. all right let's uh let's wrap with our starting five draft last week best duels um that's a nice percentage pat it is a nice percentage i have 69 percent <laughs> victory for, for for the good guy pat here 69 percent for me the good guy what 30 excuse me let me recap. Um, I took Batman and Robin with the first overall pick. Ben and Jerry's, mm-hmm. Cheech and Chong, Hall and Oates, Wayne and Garth. Joe took Bert and Ernie, Salt and Pepper. You made a, you had a nice rib on me on Twitter <laughs> over that one. Simon and Garfunkel, Mario and Luigi, Ricky, uh, Ricky and Morty. Um, Rick, Rick and Mortar, not, not Ricky and Morty. Oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> See, now if you put that on Twitter, I would be like, dude, you're rigging this. You're rigging uh, this really hard. I'm, um, <laughs> it's one of those, and we've talked about this a lot on this podcast. Sometimes we don't know I, what's going to happen. We, we truly don't, man, because I did not see that coming. I felt, I didn't even feel confident. I felt reasonably confident I was going to win. But again, mm-hmm. I keep thinking these are close. And for whatever reason, I think people are jumping on bandwagons. Whoever gets out early, they just want to jump on that bandwagon. That's kind of what it's feeling like I to me. Agree with that. Remember when you did a you, you started you having a parade? I, you started I, having I, a parade because you were up, you know, like yeah, you that's up like true. twenty votes, and then you end up getting crushed by like like yeah. seventy four. I was to, booking the I was booking the parade after like fifteen right. minutes. Yeah, you're pulling right. the Toronto Maple Leafs action. Usually, there. when you lose, and I have plenty of experience of doing this, I I usually. Look back to one thing and maybe two that if I could go back and do it over, I would do it differently because I think it might change mm-hmm. things. You look at yours. Is there anything that uh, you think you might have done differently with the uh, right now? I would have. I, I don't think I would have done salt and pepper. I probably if I was going to do something, I would have done like peanut butter and jelly. Make it so that it's you know very yeah. obvious like what it was. But like I don't know. Maybe maybe there's like. You, know, you did. A, there's way, a thousand a of, other duos that a lot been, of like, uh, fine. But. <laughs> a lot of people on Twitter, especially, said. Um, 
do you mean salt and pepper talking about the uh, yeah. hip-hop group and then joe accused my spelling of uh <laughs> confusing people accidentally <laughs> confusing thinking people. like oh he meant the rappers yeah they're, they're not as good as batman or robin it's like yeah i know that's why i picked like your two basic condiments that are literally on your table right now <laughs> all right <laughs> so this week again we're gonna honor prince and what would have been his 64th birthday this past week mm -hmm. and there's certainly at least 10 songs yes so we're gonna go more than draft. <laughs> and joe thought we did this before and i had to make sure that we didn't and we didn't so mm -hmm. it's the best uh why do i keep putting my own self up there it's the best prince songs and okay i went first last week because yes. uh i took batman and robin mm -hmm. so you're on the clock first you're gonna have the first overall pick here okay so i i'm i i know what you would take first no matter what and i could be a dick and take that song because i know i know it, like i absolutely know what you're I I absolutely know what your song is, hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I know what your song is. Hmm. Yes, okay. I'm not going to pick it, but I will predict it right now. You can't screw me over. I, I have like, a big I'm not going to take it now. Look, my first five on my big board. I promise you, whether I get them all five or none of them, whatever <laughs> it is, or only three of them, whatever. Right. I'm I'm staying true to my board. I'll put it that way. Right. Well, I mean, my pick, because I, I knew I was picking first here. My pick was is was solid the second you were like, we're doing this. I was like, okay, well, I know what number one is for me. Anyways, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this would be the song you would have taken, but I don't buy it because my pick is Purple Rain. Okay. The, the actual song Purple Rain. My prediction, your first pick is When Doves Cry. <laughs> You're like a fucking prophet right now. I, I don't, dude, I know you. I know you. Like I, well, it was like months ago, you were just like, "This is like one of the greatest songs ever written." Like oh, I, I was I like, "Okay, well, okay, well, yeah, that's." I mean, yes, I mean. All right, well, you tell me why. Tell me why you're taking Purple Rain first. It's not uh, because you're being a nice guy. No, 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 no. I like I said, I this was my pick forever ago. Like this, okay. this, it, it's it is my favorite Prince song, period. Uh, it, it's my favorite of all of them. So like that, you know. Obviously. It's an amazing song. It's an incredible song. It's got an incredible guitar solo. Um, like that movie, like the movie Purple Rain, not that great. Not that great. Right. The movie was whack. The, yeah, the soundtrack's unbelievable. Right. But the scene where he plays Purple Rain is mm -hmm. the most powerful scene in the entire movie. Sure. Hands down. And like it, to me, that's like the movie should end right after that. And somehow there's still more movie after that song plays. Like, no, no, dude, it's done. You won. Like, you beat Morris Day in the time. You win. Like, that's you know, you mm. made the whole place cry. Everybody's like going nuts, and movie over. Sorry, that that's it. Last scene, cut it, done. But like, but just everything about the song, like, because it's, I guess it's a ballad. I don't know if it's a ballad really. It's just kind of like a. I know it's kind of like a soul song almost. It's not soul yeah. style song. I but get like, what you're saying. I agree. You know, like, but it's God damn, you're it's, you're it's such a great call. Yeah, you're pigeonholing if you just say it's just a ballad. And that, yeah, you, you know, trying to put any of Prince's songs into like a <laughs> category is foolish. You're, it's I just agree. not going to work. But like, <laughs> Purple Rain to me, like, and it's a long song, but like, people don't care. Like, seven right. minutes. Yeah, who gives a shit? I'll listen to the whole thing. Well, like, it's it's I don't know. For me, it's it's my it's my favorite. It's the most emotive, and it's got like just an incredible, uh, heartfelt solo in it. I'll say this, all right, and, and you were a hundred percent right, right. But <laughs> I will say this: 
Purple Rain was number two on my big board. Okay, so okay. by some chance you did take Wind Doves Cry, I was absolutely going to take Purple oh, yeah. Rain with my. Well, so I, that was the other part. Like I didn't want you to get Purple Rain. I, I would I would have felt bad if I didn't have it. So <laughs> I did. Like I for a lot of these songs I took, I did some um, numerical research. Purple mm. Rain was number two on Billboard. It never made it to number one because Wham this of all group, <laughs> Wake Me Up Before You Go Go was number one. Was but anyway, it was song. number two on Billboard. But here's the thing. First of all, one of the greatest hooks ever. Purple, just saying purple rain, purple rain. I, I just mm-hmm. I can listen to that song forever. I do listen to that song quite often <laughs> on my Prince Purple Rain vinyl <laughs> album that I'm holding up here. Um, it was 18th, by the way. The Rolling Stones made a list of their top 500 songs of all time, mm-hmm. and Purple Rain was number 18. So it was in the top 20 of Rolling Stones' best songs in the history of music. That's how much. Rolling Stones yeah. and music critics think of that song. It's top 20 all time song. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. I'm going when doves cry with my first pick for sure. Sorry, sorry to spoil that for you. Cause I, <laughs> cause I, don't I think 100% gonna, knew you were going if, there. If anybody knows me, they, they know I would have, <laughs> would have taken that. It was his first number one song mm-hmm. ever. It stayed in number one for five weeks. It was the top selling single of 1984. And mm-hmm. I've said this to, to many, many friends for me, 1983 to 86 is the best era of music ever at least for me anyway my cheesy pop loving ass i say yeah so, pop music that's yeah that's, pop that's music as, as it gets for pop absolutely music. and um i also did when i had my blog this is a quick little uh sidebar here i had a blog before i started this podcast moranalytics.com and i did this series of 80 songs over 100 days my i power ranked my favorite 100 songs from the decade and this song was number three Ooh, the whole decade man. i had it's much of the chagrin of John Worrell. I had Toto's Africa at number two, and then I had Billie Jean at number one, which will be a spoiler for a future Michael Jackson's best <laughs> song. Countdown, you'll know. I'll have to make sure it's a week where I have the top pick where you can't take that away from me. But yeah. Billie Jean was my number one favorite song of the decade. But anyway, yeah, man, I, I love this song. And then I'm going to stick with that album for my second round pick. It's a popular song, but it's not one of his most, well, it is kind of one of his most popular songs. Let's go crazy. It was yeah. the second number one hit. Um, it's my favorite, probably upbeat Prince song. To this day, anytime somebody says, yo, you know, hit the jukebox or whatever and put some mm-hmm. music in, I always play uh, Prince's Let's Go Crazy. I really don't nice. need to explain more than that. So, yeah, I'm going to go uh, Wind Doves Cry and, and Let's Go Crazy. So our top three picks, by the way, have all been from the same album. Which anyway, makes, up, a, lot <laughs> makes a lot of sense. It's one of the greatest albums ever for <laughs> yeah. me. And by the way, one more thing for me, again, I'm an 80s guy. So I've admitted this is probably after Thriller. It's probably my second favorite album that I've ever owned ever. Those are for me personally. Those are, those are two of the, like, the greatest pop albums of yeah, all time. Yep. 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 So yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I full, full marks, full respect. Like that's yeah. Like what else? What else do you want? Honestly, <laughs> like that, you can't, you can't do any yeah. better than that. So that's, when you get someone like this, it's really hard to fuck up, at least early on anyway. Go right. Yep. Okay. So let me see here. I, um, hang on a second. I had a list and now it's gone. Oh, great. Um, let's okay. Now, now I'm winging it by like what I had <laughs> ranked out here. This is stupid me closing windows and getting rid of stuff. Like, okay. Um, I, uh, let's see here. You know, uh, okay. So uh, one of his one of his really fun songs was, uh, and he he was really good about doing like lots of like 
cutesy. I don't know. They're not love songs, but like cutesy, like like songs you play for your play for your girlfriend or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this was an early one of his, but like I I love this song, but it's I want to be your lover. That's a good song. I, I don't know if I'm going too high on this one, but um, but like that's one that just gets stuck in my head every time I hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, which is, a, I don't know, to me, that's a good judgment for a song. Like you hear sure. it, it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm singing that the rest of the day. Well, usually, yes. Not I mean, always, yeah. though. Like, Love Shack was stuck in my head all day yesterday. <laughs> and that's one of the worst fucking songs in the history of music. But I heard it, and I was too lazy to change the channel on the station. And it was stuck in my head the whole day. But in this case, you're 100% right. It's catchy. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, like, that's, that. I don't know. To me, that's one that, that gets stuck in my head. And I'm just kind of like, oh, man, I really like that one. Um. And what's uh, there's a part in okay, my next pick. There's a part in this song that makes me just kind of go, it makes me a little bit cringy. And it's like it's it has an ASMR effect to it where it drives me nuts, but it's Kiss. Good song, good it's song. A, I part where it's like I, making the kissy sounds at the end. I'm just kind of like, ah, enough already. Just please, just an iconic moment from uh, Pretty Woman when Julie Roberts is in the bathtub singing it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, that's good. So I, like that, like those are two. Like those are, you know, I'm normally like the hard rock guy, but like those are two really kind of cutesy ish. We are songs. in my lane right now too. By oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm not going to try to take. I'm not going to even try to deny that we're definitely <laughs> like in my lane. Pop. I don't want to mm-hmm. necessarily say cheesy pop because his his music was not cheesy. That that that'd be a horrible adjective. Mm-hmm. But this is more my lane where Joe's more of the rock guy. All right, so I got two here. The first one for me is going to be pretty easy it's actually uh before the, the purple rain albums i'm not gonna pick all purple rain albums okay. songs, but um <laughs> it's just you know you referred to a song that just sticks in your head when you hear it little red mm-hmm. corvette for me yeah is is that song it was his uh it was his first top 10 hit it reached number six never got into the top five but this was his first ever top 10 hit um and it's still a favorite to this day I drive around a lot and I have a serious XM radio and eighties on eight is my go-to station. Mm-hmm. And I, and I hear this song quite often, not as much as purple rain or when doves cry, but I hear yeah. it a lot. And so it's still popular to this day. It still resonates. So I'm going to pick that one. Uh, and then I'm going to go, uh, I don't know. I've, I'm not as confident with this one, but I'm going to pick it anyway. Cause I'm going to, I said, I was going to say true to my board, raspberry beret. Nice. I like that song. Um, it falls in that cutesy two. category too. It like, reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100. And again, I did the research. Duran Duran prevented this shit from hitting number one. View to a Kill blocked oh, it. Um, a James Bond song, Pat. <laughs> it's it, it's probably it's my favorite song from it. He had a follow up album around the world in a day after Purple Rain. This was probably, arguably, my favorite song from it. So yeah, man, I, I kind of feel like there's two different tiers of prints and the first three we've really covered and then like this is the next tier where it could go one way or the other but yeah raspberry beret so that and little red corvette and uh you got two more this will be your okay. last two so these i was i was nervous you might snatch up because i had a couple of songs that i was like i'll save these for later um because i because i figured like once we got past like two three or four in this like it was mm-hmm. gonna get a little hazy uh just because uh, who knows I, I, we don't know how each other ranks right. these things out i mean i 
I mean, I know we don't, how your we number don't one song we, is, but <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's not like when I sit here and discuss Prince songs, right? Yeah, it's, it's so. yeah, it's not like every day we're just like, okay, what Prince song <laughs> did you listen to today, Pat? Please tell me what it was. I'll tell you. I'll tell you mine. Right. And tell me what you did. Right. But um, uh, my next pick is going to be "I Would Die for You." Great song, stupidly catchy tune. Um, yes, and like I don't know pretty basic message of the song <laughs> but it's uh but like the beat of that like it's it sounds frantic mm-hmm. but it's just like you know it's a great uh, song it's a great tune it's another one that like if i hear it like i again i just thinking about it now i'm just kind of like yeah it's that it's there for me the yeah. rest of the day um and my other pick is gonna be it's one of that like it's almost an uncoverable song because of i don't know if it's because of like the the subject matter or, or what is you know what have you um, but I did hear so, like one of my favorite artists did cover it and did a pretty good job of it, you know, compared to Prince anyway, like, you know, can't compare to Prince, but like he did a very good job doing it. Uh, but it's sign of the times. Good song. It's on my list. That would have been my next pick too. I was oh, trying, yeah. I was trying to say that. I mean, that's, that's a message song. Like that's a, that's a straight up, like telling a story, like, you know, hard life message song, but it's, it's got the, 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 the baseline in that song just sticks with you. And it's, you know, I don't know that that's, that's a, it's a really solid, solid, really good song. I'll say this too, by the way, side of the times, I, tr- I did try to hoard that one and hope I can get it last. <laughs> it was also, we talked about um, purple rain. This song also was in the Rolling Stones all time. 500 It was three Oh four. Wow. Okay. So it's another song by Prince that was in his, uh, hmm. in the Rolling Stone all time. I, I don't know if I feel good about having same taste as Rolling Stone. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little, I don't know. I feel a little awkward about that. It makes me question myself. <laughs> I, I, God, this is going to be tough. Do I, do you I have a thousand choices? <laughs> I, I, I do. I do. Well, you didn't take it. So one, I'll talk about it in a second that neither of us took that. I think might surprise a lot of people because for a long time it was, it still is one of his more popular songs, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to take it. Um, You know what? I, I, I'm going to stay true to my board. Like I said, I'm taking All baby. Right. I'm a star. It kind of gets lost in the shuffle of the Purple Rain album. And you just took, by the way, you took I Would Die For You. And when you listen to the album, mm-hmm. the, there's no break. The end of I Will Die For You immediately goes into Baby I'm A Star. It doesn't mm-hmm. even like stop, you know? Yeah. Um, I like that song a lot. And also, it, it has pop culture significance to mm-hmm. um, the, the Batman scene or the Joker parade scene in the uh, Batman movie has Baby mm-hmm. I'm A Star when... um. What else? Jack Nicholson is dancing around. It's a fun song. I mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. What I what I the song I was referring to that neither of us took that I think might surprise some people. Maybe I'm wrong. 1999. That's yeah. You know that's that was a a popular song by his. I didn't personally love it, but I do remember one thing about that show. Mm-hmm. I think that came out before Purple Rain, so it was like 82, 83, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it was 1983. I remember when I heard the song thinking. You know, you say so. We're gonna party like it's 1999. It felt to me like 1999 was a million years away <laughs> at the time as a young kid <laughs> when I heard that song. Right. Now I look at what 1999 actually was, and it it's was it's okay, funny. Pat. It was 23 years ago now. <laughs> Couple songs that uh, we both pass on. That we're further away from when, like, when that song was made to what the year they were singing about. We're further away from when that's the year actually was to now. Yeah, that's crazy. Really disheartening. Yeah. <laughs> By a lot too. Um, yes, a couple of songs that neither of us ended up taking. Uh, Darling Nikki, 
That's his dirtiest song. That's a dirty, that's a filthy song. Also, Sexy Motherfucker. Sexy sexy MF is, that was one I was kind of like, if I want to, if I want to be a, you know, want to be kind of a sleaze, then like, I'll throw that one on. But that's, that's a good, it's a fun song. It's just him just being like, yeah, I'm the hottest dude around. Screw you. Like, I think we, I think we might get a couple of responses where people are saying that yeah, um, both of those yeah maybe yeah the beautiful one too or the beautiful ones i should say that was another one mm-hmm. um and uh another one i have written down you got the look oh so yeah that's yeah uh, that's that's a really good one that's yeah. another one that's like in that that same frame of mind for uh uh like the same like era of like I would die for you, uh, mm-hmm. you know I would I would be your love like all the, like that era where it's like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. like what it's got the catchy hook, yeah. and you're just kind of like ah man okay that <laughs> yeah. like that that feels like a song that that could have been a Duran Duran song like if Prince wrote it for them and they did it like I'd be like okay I get it like, we say this a lot and it never and not never it rarely ends up happening I'm gonna right. say it again I look close. at these polls and I think it's really close I think this should be should really be. really close let's review um if, if it goes the way it is this week i i wreck you and then ruin prince for you the rest of your life <laughs> that's the way it's been where i feel comfortable <laughs> and confident with things that are in my lane mm-hmm. and then the voting you know commences and i end up Get getting fucking destroyed <laughs> all right so joe took <laughs> joe took purple rain i want to be your lover uh what else kiss mm-hmm. i would die for you and sign of the times I took When Doves Cry, Let's Go Crazy, Little Red Corvette, Raspberry Beret. So I'm worried about that one for some reason. And Baby, I'm a Star. Again, I, I truly think this is going to be close. By the way, for people listening or watching, let me remind you, because I didn't do this last week. Every Friday, so you're hearing this hopefully on Friday morning, but at some point, every Friday at noon, I put this poll up on Twitter and give everyone a chance to vote. So if you're watching this or listening to this, and you haven't been on Twitter yet, make sure you either go to my Twitter, at Pamoran Tweets, or at Joe Yurden, because he puts it out there as well, and, mm-hmm. and vote. Because, again, win or lose, it's, it's about having fun and hearing what your thoughts are. Right. Please, and, yeah. And, uh, and please listen to the pod. <laughs> listen to why we made our picks, too. Yeah. And just be like, how did you, why'd you do that? I don't know. Listen. I know. That's Joe. And by the way, <laughs> don't look at one song. If you want to piss Joe oh, off, man. look at I, one song and make a vote based on one song. So that's the I, quickest way to make I sure got a, go I got a strong feeling. We're going to, we're both going to get, I picked it because you got this one song. Yeah. I'm, I think, I'm I think sure that's a big one. I, this is, this is a really strong one to judge by all five. Like this should be judged by all five, but okay. people are going to see purple rain or when doves cry be like, ah, that's the one. Like, <laughs> so make sure you go and, and you vote on this poll and also make sure you check out main estate podcast. Again, we did no Sabres talk whatsoever on today's show. I can promise you that won't be the case with <laughs> Joe and Lance drop in next Monday. Thanks as always for doing a pod buddy. Hey, always fun. And uh, yeah, I'm glad, glad we got some prints in today. It was nice.